0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: So we wanted to make sure that we marked that this is a significant and sad event.
2: Striking images as a police motorcade escorts the body of Constable John Davidson from Vancouver General Hospital back to Abbotsford this afternoon. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. A powerful display of solidarity and respect as the motorcade passed through the Lower Mainland today.
3: Tears and hugs shared for Constable John Davidson, killed in the line of duty on Monday. Our Aaron MacArthur is live at that growing memorial. Aaron, Constable Davidson's body is now at a funeral home in Abbotsford.
1: Yeah, Sophie and Chris, uh, an unbelievable day of community support and solidarity. Not just first responders, not just police officers, but everybody, civilians included. one last journey home constable john davidson escorted by an honor guard the route from vancouver to abbotsford lined by police officers by firefighters by paramedics and by civilians people who until tuesday had never heard davidson's name all here to respect not only his badge and his profession but the man
4: Yeah, I feel like it's important for them to be here and pay their respects.
5: Devastated is is one word. I've
2: tried to put myself in the family's shoes and I can't, and so devastated for the family, shocked.
6: He was a hero. He's uh, a person who had significant impact on students. He's really going to be missed.
2: They, uh, They put their lives
1: on the line for us. They can't pay the police enough for what they do. As the procession continued east through Burnaby and Surrey and Langley, the tributes grew, people offering all of their support. And for some standing on the overpasses watching the procession go by, it was too much to handle.
7: Wow, it's amazing. What do you make of all that?
1: I feel like it's my duty to acknowledge that. Yeah. So. Powerful stuff. Yeah. I it's also really great to see them. There's a lot of other people that feel the same way. Constable John Davidson is back home tonight, surrounded by his family and by his brothers and sisters on the Abbotsford Police Force, with the community embracing them all.
3: And Aaron, I'm sure a lot of our viewers would like to know when the funeral for Constable Davidson will be happening.
1: Yeah, Sophie, I can tell you that the funeral arrangements are right now in the works. Uh, The family is at the funeral home tonight, and they're sorting out last-minute details. Constable Davidson, of course, from the U.K., he has family there. They still need to make their way here to Abbotsford. I'm told an announcement will be made about the official plan in the next coming days. There's also uh, a significant amount of money that has been raised for Constable Davidson's family. A GoFundMe page was started by the Abbotsford Police Union. It's already above $76,000 and that's just in 24 hours. A ton of community support here. Sophie, Chris.
3: All right, thanks for that. Aaron MacArthur in Abbotsford. And at the Legislature, a book of condolences is now set up for Constable Davidson. Members of the Legislative Assembly and the public are welcome to sign the commemoration book.
2: To Surrey now, where police are investigating a road rage complaint tonight, possibly involving a gun near the Surrey-Langley border. This morning, Surrey RCMP say they received a call from a woman who claims an erratic driver shot at her car. She wasn't injured, but police say the suspect vehicle drove off and was then involved in a minor accident in Langley. Police believe alcohol or drugs may be a factor in the crash. At least two people were arrested, although no charges have been laid so far.
8: Well, it's very unusual to hear about violence uh, at this level for something as simple as a road rage. Certainly, we've heard of mischief to vehicles or simple assaults before but I can't recall ever hearing about shots fired.
2: Both vehicles have been seized for forensic analysis. Surrey RCMP are asking for the public's help tonight. They are looking for witnesses and any video footage they may have.
3: An RCMP called to a violent home invasion in Alder Grove It happened at a home on 29th Avenue and 266th Street shortly before 7.30 last night. When they arrived, they found a man suffering from a gunshot wound. He was taken to hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. While no arrests have been made at this point, police say the victim is known to them and is cooperating with the investigation. And the search of a farm where human remains have been found near Salmon Arm is now over. Just yesterday, RCMP said they weren't sure how long they might be on the property, but today announced major crimes has completed its search. All police personnel and equipment has been removed, and the property was turned back over to the owners. Last week, police confirmed the remains found on the farm belonged to 18-year-old Tracy Genero of Vernon. She was reported missing back in June. 36-year-old Curtis Segmoan, who lives on the property, is still in police custody, charged with armed assault of a sex trade worker in August. No charges have been laid in connection with Genero's death. RCMPs say that investigation is ongoing.
2: And on the topic of personal safety, a local woman has developed an app to help protect those who work or even play alone. She's a realtor, and after a particularly frightening experience, she was inspired to create Protect. John Waugh explains how it works.
9: As a realtor, Meredith Shutter knows working alone is part of the job. But four years ago at an open house, two predators decided to close in on her at work.
7: I was targeted. I had two gentlemen come into an open house, lock the door. One pushed me in the kitchen and the other locked the door. Bystanders
9: were able to intervene. Still the same men made a second attempt at another open house. Once again, someone... Coming to her aid.
7: I went home and thought, okay, I'm lucky. I wasn't raped, I wasn't assaulted, I wasn't murdered. But I was at a crossroads. Do I leave this job that I love? Do I stay and figure out a solution? Design with your security in mind.
10: That
9: solution literally putting power back system. into Shudder's hands. Your the local realtor creating the MyProtect My app for your phone.
7: In there, they're going to find out my cell phone battery life, where I am, which is constantly updating, a map to get to me.
9: The notifications sent to your list of emergency contacts triggered only when you fail to check in after a set up event, making them aware something might have gone wrong.
3: We're constantly looking at different technology to um, help the realtor in these situations.
9: The harsh reality realtors are at risk. Police warning of several assaults against agents at open houses in recent years. Victoria's Lindsay Buziak stabbed and killed during a showing of a Senate home in 2008.
3: Even last year we did have um, a woman realtor attacked uh, at an open house. So we're very cognizant that this is a very important issue.
9: Open houses might not be the only application.
5: I have college kids right now at a university. For us to know that they're back home safely after an event.
7: Dating, it's always a a risk. Blind dates, seeing a a car or going on a hike. And you can see I have an open house booked November 9th.
9: The iOS or Android app can be used once a week for free or unlimited with a monthly subscription. For Shudder, it's an app that means she won't have to quit her day job in fear. John Hua, Global News.
3: Police are investigating after a runaway dump truck ripped a path of destruction in Surrey this afternoon and that's where it ended at 116th avenue and 96th street rcmp say the first crash happened at 124th street and 96th avenue and before coming to a stop the driver hit several other vehicles and power poles bringing down the lines
1: he had to be doing my guesstimate would be in excess of 100 kilometers an hour uh, swerving into traffic had hit one vehicle jumped the curb hit a second vehicle then a third missed the rear of our van by about maybe four inches and barreled into a knock-down uh, telephone pole, carried through that and down into the ravine uh, by the railway tracks.
3: The truck driver, who witnesses say was very combative, and the occupant of the first vehicle that was hit were taken to hospital with minor injuries. RCMP are considering a number of factors as they investigate, including impairment and the possibility of a medical emergency.
2: Business leaders worried about weed in the workplace. With Canada racing towards pot legalization, some are concerned productivity and even civility could go up in smoke. How they want to tackle it in just over a minute. Devastating allegations against superstar comedian Louis C.K., the latest celebrity accused of sexual misconduct. How he's responding later on the news hour.
3: And here's a clue about the latest toys to be voted into the Toy Hall of Fame. The other notable inductees coming up.
2: Yet another red flag is being raised tonight as Canada counts down to the legalization of marijuana next year.
3: As Jill Bennett reports, business leaders say both provincial and federal governments need to start thinking about the effect of pot on the workplace there are some jobs you definitely do not want to
4: tackle while impaired for any reason. At this custom machinery manufacturer in Surrey, the safety record speaks for itself. But there are concerns when cannabis becomes legal, the lines could be blurred.
9: There's going to be a huge cultural impact. For us, the corporate culture is going to be very, very important.
4: Things such as employee manuals will be updated to include cannabis, but Reader still has several questions when it comes to how employees might be tested for marijuana impairment and just how prevalent and accepted it will be on a social level, say at the company Christmas party.
9: Are we, are we ready to be offering, uh, obviously, taxi cabs going home, but uh, perhaps a glass of wine or beer and... Edible cannabis at the, at the function? Are we really ready for that yet?
4: Across Canada, provinces are starting to roll out new rules. In New Brunswick, there is proposed legislation requiring people to keep cannabis locked in a container or room. There's no standard WorkSafe rule province to province, but in B.C., the current guideline is clear. A person must not enter or remain at any workplace while the person's ability to work is affected by alcohol, a drug or other substance, so as to endanger the person or anyone else. This is the biggest regulatory change we will have seen in our lifetime. The National Institute for Cannabis Health and Education is informing the public and businesses about legalization and what it could look like.
11: Because legalization is a fact. It's coming. So we might as well work to make it look like how we accept it versus saying... it's coming too soon, or, or just putting our head in the sand and saying it's not coming, because it's going to be here.
4: For businesses, it's not expected much will change. Employees can't come to work drunk or high from prescription drugs now, and the legalization of cannabis won't change that. Jill Bennett, Global News.
3: Ottawa has relaxed some of its rules governing what passengers can and can't take on airplanes and tightened up others. Effective next month, small knife blades that are about the size of a large paper clip will soon be allowed on domestic and most international flights. But large quantities of certain powders are banned, including bath salts, baby powder, and sand in volumes larger than a pop can.
2: More frustration tonight from parents who say their special needs children aren't getting fair access to education. A Vancouver mother says her son is being failed by the system. As Nadia Stewart reports, advocates say it's more proof that the current system isn't working.
12: It is a school day no parent would want their child to have. Twice in one week at a Vancouver school, a 12-year-old boy told to read a book for up to five hours a day, all because the support worker assigned to him called in sick. Every student deserves to get an education. Being put in a room by yourself for five hours a day, in my opinion, is not an education. But parents tell Global News the plight of this 12-year-old boy who has autism is sadly familiar here. So too are the parents of kids with special needs who are too scared to speak up, worried there will be consequences. We've reached a place where parents are very frustrated. People are realizing that uh, they need to find a solution and they aren't alone. In this case, the mother complained to the school and to the Vancouver school board, but she says little was done. She also contacted her MLA, Adrian Dix, but it's still not clear what kind of response she's received.
1: For some reason, school districts are normalizing this behavior of counseling supports for kids with special needs. It's not acceptable.
12: The BCTF says staff shortages can be a challenge, but funds are available from the province for districts to hire support workers. Hansman says it's not about the money, it's a mindset that needs changing.
7: It's
1: an attitude of treating special ed services as if somehow they're a dispensable luxury. It's when they're not. These are legal, uh, legally mandated accommodations that these children are supposed to be getting, regardless of what the cause is. Students shouldn't be the ones that are bearing the brunt for what is uh, an adult problem.
12: And the BCTF and PAC say they'll keep on lobbying until this problem is fixed. Adi historic Global News.
2: Ever wondered how trustworthy those reviews on TripAdvisor really are? Why the world's largest travel website is making a major change?
3: And what it took to pull off this rescue when a horse went a little off track.
2: This year is we're adding three more additional storage tanks. So this is more than going to double our brine capacity.
3: Following last year's criticism of its handling of the snowfall, the city of Vancouver has laid out its increased capacity for this winter. The city has a thousand more tons of salt than it used last year, more traffic cameras to monitor streets, and a plan for garbage collection. city is doubling its budget to $1.5 million, but that could grow. Last year it spent $13.7 million.
2: Uh, increase in our salt and brine storage as well as looking at our mandated clearance timelines and we're also looking at some additional coverage locations
3: and mindful of last year's salt wars where people fought over free salt the city is asking the public to be ready with its own salt and sand this year
2: well a big change tonight for a popular travel website if you're thinking about. Getting away from the colder weather, something many travel experts say is long overdue.
3: TripAdvisor has begun adding symbols next to hotels and resorts that have been identified as locations of sexual assaults and other serious incidents.
13: Tonight, hotel review website TripAdvisor is rolling out these new warning badges that will appear in red above hotels reported to have issues like sexual assault, rape, discrimination and theft. Reading in part, you may wish to perform additional research for information about this property when making your travel plans. The change comes after the website has been under fire for deleting negative reviews including about crimes at hotels.
5: The badges at an extra level where in cases that were not actually showing something in the reviews or a review might be a little bit old but it's still relevant to the traveler today, we wanted to make sure that was highlighted.
13: The first four hotels with a badge are in Mexico, including the resort where Christy Love says she was raped by a hotel security guard. Her post about that incident deleted by TripAdvisor for not having family-friendly language.
6: The first few days, it would be deleted and I would repost it immediately. So I would post it up to two to three times a day.
5: I'm genuinely, and TripAdvisor is genuinely sorry because we want that type of information on our site.
13: The advisor says the new badges are based on user reviews and news reports and will remain posted for at least three months.
14: This is another data point, but travelers shouldn't make a decision just based on user reviews or an icon. Uh, They should look at the whole picture.
13: A full picture that may not always be clear online. Jolene Kent, NBC News, Washington.
3: A comedy star's issues finally catch up with him the startling allegations five women are making against Louis CK.
2: Also tonight, remember that fireball that lit up the sky in September? We finally know where it landed.
3: Dozens more people arrested and imprisoned today in Saudi Arabia, all members of the kingdom's royal family. It's the latest move in a power grab by the crown prince. And it comes at a time when the risk of military conflict is growing between the Saudis and Iran.
11: Tonight, 200 of the Saudi royal family remain in the kingdom's version of prison. A five-star Riyadh Ritz-Carlton arrested by the new Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Their bank accounts frozen, sleeping on the floor, literally going to the mattresses. One of those detained, the billionaire Prince Alawid bin Talal, part of the group that bought the plaza from Donald Trump and bought Trump's yacht. A major investor in Citigroup, Apple and Twitter. The crown prince, known as MBS, an early visitor to the Trump White House. Very nice people. We hope so. (laughs) The 32-year-old prince, a close ally of Jared Kushner, who was strategizing with him in Riyadh just two weeks ago. MBS claiming his crackdown is aimed at royal corruption and radical clerics, appealing to a younger generation by promising women they can drive, wearing Western dress, visiting Facebook last year. President Trump cheering the arrests, tweeting, some of those they are harshly treating have been milking their country for years.
1: It's a big mistake for the president to be praising what is an internal power grab that potentially could destabilize one of the most heretofore stable countries in the Middle East.
11: Trump and the Saudis sharing a mutual enemy, Iran. The Saudis today accusing Iran of helping launch a missile from Yemen toward Saudi Arabia, calling it an act of war. Tonight, ordering Saudi citizens out of Lebanon, which is virtually controlled by Iran, as surging oil prices tell the story of global fears of another Gulf War. Andrea Mitchell, NBC News, Washington.
2: The latest on comedian Louis C.K. in just a moment, but first, a growing number of sexual misconduct allegations against actor Kevin Spacey are costing him more work and sparking an unprecedented move by a major movie studio. To How much would you pay Spacey to is grandson, being cut from $1 Ridley $1. Scott's upcoming film, All the Money in the World, even though the movie is still scheduled to come out just before Christmas. Spacey is being replaced by Canadian acting legend Christopher Plummer, who will reshoot all of Spacey's scenes in a breakneck shooting schedule. Over the past couple of weeks, more than a dozen men have come forward with claims against Spacey. The allegations range from harassment to attempted rape. He has since been fired from the popular Netflix series House of Cards and dropped by his talent agency.
3: And the sexual assault scandal burning through Hollywood has now enveloped another big star. The New York Times says at least five women have come forward accusing comedian Louis C.K. of sexual misconduct, including masturbating in front of them. The November 17th release of his new film I Love You Daddy has been postponed and its New York premiere has been canceled. Louis C.K. has not commented on the accusations.
2: What a find for scientists as they examine fragments of a meteorite that landed in the B.C. interior. You might recall the story back in September, people across B.C. and Alberta spotting a fireball as it streaked through the sky. Scientists at the University of Calgary analyzed the video and decided that it probably landed somewhere in southeastern B.C., And that's where they found the fragments, on the east side of Kootenai Lake. they traveled tens of millions of kilometers from the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter.
14: You drag magnets, then you can check and see if you got one. So, I mean, you do this enough, and voila, you find a meteorite.
2: The scientists are hoping that others in the area will find more fragments, saying anyone in the area has a chance of finding more of the meteorites.
3: A heartbreaking sight in California, thankfully, with a happy ending. Firefighters in Orange County confronted with the difficult task of rescuing a horse that ended up in a ditch and caught up in berry bushes. 19-year-old Dawn jumped in the ditch after she was spooked by some dogs and after her rider dismounted. Firefighters used ropes to help her up, and after about 20 minutes, she was back on her feet with only minor injuries. In Health Matters tonight, BC's drug overdose crisis has hit another somber milestone. So far this year, 1,103 people have died of an overdose, compared to 607 at this time last year, and 914 for all of 2016. Fentanyl is suspected to have played a role in 83 percent of those deaths. The B.C. Coroner Service says there were 80 suspected drug overdose deaths in the province in September alone, an increase of 31 percent from September of last year.
2: Also in health matters, new mothers and fathers going on parental leave will soon be able to take more time off, but they won't get any more money.
11: To generate more flexibility, and more flexibility is needed because the conditions, the family conditions, the work conditions of our our Canadians are quite diverse, and we need to adjust the EI system to a modern society.
2: Ottawa's long-awaited changes to parental leave rules take effect early December. New parents are now eligible for up to 18 months of leave. However, federal insurance coverage won't be increased. The existing 12 months of payments will simply be spread out over the extended time. A new family caregiver benefit will also begin in December. Also Ottawa is launching a plan for expectant mothers to claim maternity benefits up to 12 weeks before the baby is due.
3: The amazing story of a war hero many times over. This would have been um, World War I his incredible act of bravery, and what saved his life in battle.
2: And it has an historic facade, but you'll see how Vancouver's newest office tower is built for the future.
3: The story behind this unusual photo op right after the forecast.
2: And it's wintry weather causing some big problems in the Okanagan. Seems like distant memories of water skiing today.
10: (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, so Winter Wonderland, right throughout the southern interior right now. But this is a scene in Kelowna, uh, and you can see, yes, covered in snow. So they've had reports between 3 to about 13 centimeters. Um, reports also of delayed and canceled flights at the Kelowna airport. So keep that in mind if you're doing any travel. You might want to check before heading out there. Uh, we are expecting the flurries to continue through the evening hours, but then ease off overnight. But there are a few areas that will continue to see snow even through the morning hours tomorrow, which I'm going to get into in a second here, but there's the satellite image. You can see all of the snowfall across the region. Uh, the mountain passes also getting hit. Um, it's pretty much whiteout conditions on the mountains when the actual snow comes down. We had a look at the connector just about a half an hour ago, and you couldn't see anything. It looks like the plows are getting out there, but you definitely want to slow down, or if you're not, of course, prepared for the snow, don't head out there at all. Showers across the south coast, we're seeing bands of moisture spread onshore because of this low-pressure center that we've been con- tending with for three days now. It is finally going to push out overnight tonight. It's going to drop to the south and that's why we're going to see conditions ease off. Still have that chance of showers or flurries through the evening hours, but it all pushes down out of our region by tomorrow morning. These are the areas, though, we're still concerned about in through the morning hours. So Basically, the Thompson and over towards the Columbia region, still some light snow in the morning for you, a couple of centimeters possible, and then also a chance of showers in through the northeast parts of Vancouver Island and the Sunshine Coast. Most other regions should be dry throughout the day. And I'm going to push it forward into our Saturday morning at 11 a.m. because of course that's when we're going to have uh, a number of ceremonies across the region. And you can see another system starting to push on for sure. We're just at the front edge of it. So at this point we're calling for just a slight chance of showers but there is a chance that that could move ahead a little bit more. So be prepared for rain if you're headed out that way uh, or headed out, sorry, to a ceremony uh, on Saturday. Or check in, of course. In the forecast in the morning before you head out. So, northern regions are continuing with their dry conditions and Quinnell, though, and all the way across the south, that slight chance of flurries just in through the morning period. Otherwise mainly dry throughout the day, but staying cold through your area. Highs of only 3 degrees, for example, in Kelowna. And mainly dry across the south coast with mainly cloudy skies, a high of 10 degrees. Very mild. You probably felt the air was mild today. I certainly did. And we continue with that tomorrow. Saturday, mostly dry in the morning. Rain pushing in later in the day. And then we continue to be wet Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Happy uh, birthday to Luela. She turned 101 today, and we have two couples celebrating anniversaries. Happy anniversary to Jocelyn and Roger Doucette and Jeanette and Frank Boudet. Congratulations, and here's your winter wonderland from Vernon, from Jackie Keats. Thanks for that photo.
3: Oh, my. Oh.
10: Yikes. Thanks very much. Okay. Sorry to you folks Vernon.
3: <laughs> no
2: doubt. Well, if the words "Colonel mustard in the library with a candlestick bring back some memories... You'll be happy to hear about this year's inductees into the U.S. National Toy Hall of Fame in New York.
3: The classic board game Clue is one of this year's three new additions, along with the Wiffle Ball and the Paper Airplane. They beat out other nominees, including My Little Pony, Matchbox Cars, and the Magic 8-Ball. I'm just reliving my childhood right now. (laughs) Other notable toys already in the Hall of Fame include Barbie, the Hula Hoop, and Lego.
2: Too soon for my little pony, isn't it? Right, we'll see. We'll it get was it a started.
3: while ago. It was a while ago. Well, the granddaughter of a Canadian war hero is back at home tonight after the experience of a lifetime across the pond.
2: Yes, the adventure for Janet Shankland-Huggins began when she saw an online article looking for relatives of a World War I soldier. Ted Schrenecki picks up the story.
14: Um, this would have been... Um World War One.
2: Her grandfather was
0: already a war hero long before Passchendaele. He'd won the Distinguished Conduct Medal at the Battle of the Somme for leading a party of stretcher bearers under very heavy fire. A year later, after having lost three-quarters of his troops, he assembled what was left and stormed what he accurately predicted was a weak point in the German front near Passchendaele.
14: He managed to take remnants of other battalions and bring them together and use that as an offensive on this portion that was unprotected by the Germans and was able to take the pillboxes on Bellevue
0: Spur. Five or six years ago, the grandkids found a handwritten letter from a Canadian chaplain to her grandfather's father, informing him of his son's heroics.
14: That the man who was the means of saving the day and bringing us a brilliant victory was your son.
0: He'd been shot three separate times, one of the bullets hitting a metal box of fudge he carried.
14: If That tin of fudge. Yeah. <laughs> it's all down to that tin of fudge.
0: Then in the 90s, the family heard one of the group of seven artists that painted a portrait of Shankland. They found it in storage in Ottawa. They were allowed one print of it, the only one in existence.
2: It's important to me because there's photos of my grandfather around. This portrait captures what I remember.
0: It's been 100 years since Passchendaele, so the BBC put out a call for any of Shankland's surviving family members to attend a commemorative unveiling in Scotland, where he was born.
14: I heard the pipes... And every time I hear them, I get emotional, and it was like, he was there,
0: you know. With all the World War I vets gone, and only a very few left from the Second War, she believes remembering has never been more important than it is now. It's
14: more important than ever that we do respect Remembrance Day and remember what these men and women sacrificed with their lives for us to be able to do what we want.
2: Ted Czernacki, Global News. What a great story. Mm -hmm. And another reminder about our local Remembrance Day coverage. We're live Saturday morning from 1030 to 1130 from Victory Square. We hope you'll join us for that.
3: And remember, always have fudge with you.
2: Yeah, the metal box that stopped the bullet. An amazing part of that story.
3: Okay. Hello.
8: Hello. Good, I'm going to start. What's that? I am working. Yes, I am going to work on, well, I am working on Canucks tonight, Seahawks tonight. Yep. Of course, we've got the soccer game coming up at BC Play Stadium between Canada and the United States. I mean, sooner or later, Canada has to beat the United States in women's soccer. got you know to I think it's been over 15 years. So uh, we'll talk all about that. But one other thing I'm going to talk about, UBC's football team is still in the playoffs. And we'll meet the first ever Mexican-born and raised player to suit up for the UBC Thunderbirds. And this young man can trash talk in two
1: languages. And I, and I try to talk them in, in Spanish so they, they, don't, they don't understand.
8: How numero sent? Let me get this right. Setenta y cinco. Learned the game and ended up at UBC.
3: Well done. <laughs> and the old Vancouver Exchange building reborn. The big risk developers took and how it's paying off. It's like 45 days left until Christmas. What? Yeah. We were just talking about Christmas shopping.
2: Oh, That's true.
3: Don't worry about it though.
8: Can we push it like to February so we have more time to shop or something? <laughs> I've
3: got my list ready. It still right wouldn't for you, help
8: you. You know you'd be right down I the know. wire. I'll be I'll be at like the drugstore at Christmas Eve. A
3: Canucks calendar would be perfect. That's I could do. Thank you.
8: <laughs> I think I have one in my office right now. You can have it early if you like. Uh, the Canucks. Speaking of the Canucks, are playing the Anaheim Ducks tonight in Anaheim, and the Ducks are rather lame these days. They've lost four in a row. Uh, both of their big Ryans are hurt, Getzlaff and Kessler, but I do think they'll use Ryan Miller tonight to face his former team. Of course, that's where he went after last season. The uh, Canucks have been very good travelers so far this year, 5-1 and on the road, but they do have a change they're going to have to make on the blue line. Look for Alex Edler to come back from that knee injury because Chris Tanev is going to be out. In fact, he was sent back to Vancouver for the rest of the road trip with an upper body injury he picked up Tuesday against Calgary. He has a couple of goals this season, not a lot, but this defense doesn't score a lot, so two is pretty impressive. Uh, the road trip ends next Tuesday, it continues all in California, but he won't be back until the Canucks get back home from this road trip. Speaking a road trips, the Oilers are on an Eastern one, Tom McClellan and Edmonton still not what everybody thought they'd be. This is nice. Brian Boyle, who's battling a form of leukemia, scores his first goal of the year for the Devils. 1-0 in the first period. The to the second now. It's not Connor McDavid, it's not Dreisaitl, it's Anton Anton Slepashev. Beats Corey Schneider,
0: it's 1-1.
8: Nice goal by Drew Stafford here. Yeah, the Devils are one of the surprise teams this year, and the Oilers are a surprise team, but in the wrong direction. Everybody thought they'd be much higher in the standings and filling the net. That has not happened so far this season. But they do tie this game in the third period. It's Milan Lucic. A bit of a weak one on Schneider. They're going to overtime. It's 2-2, Jersey and Edmonton. Oh, apparently Edmonton has just scored. I've been informed, so it looks like they have won the game. All right. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's court battle to suspend his six game suspension has gone back in favor of the NFL. Elliott lost his latest court battle today, meaning he is suspended again. Now, he has gotten injunctions in the past to stop the suspension from being implemented, but apparently he won't get a new hearing now until December 1st, which would mean he will miss four games. He is suspended for alleged domestic abuse with a former girlfriend. But the police never laid charges, and he has maintained his innocence. All right, Seahawks tonight against Adrian Peterson and the Cardinals. It's Thursday night football, so that means the Seahawks get to wear those things. And that somehow blinded Peterson for a second because he dropped the ball. So it worked in Seattle's favor. look like the green men. They look like, you know what they look like to me, an ice cream treat. Like some sort of sherbet lime lime thing. thing. Yeah, lime thing going on. So Jimmy Graham scores, 7-0. Then another tight end, Jermaine Gresham scores. Gets through the green team. And I think this is actually officially called Action Green. I think. Action Green, that's right. And Action Green goes into action here. They got a safety last week against the Redskins. They get, is it? Is it? Wait for it. Yes. Safety, two points. Seattle leads 9-7 in the second quarter. Okay, so baseball, hockey, soccer, and basketball teams are like little United Nations. They scout for players all around the world, but when it comes to football, it's essentially the United States and Canada. That's where the players come from. So it's a North American thing. But North America is not just Canada and the United States, and UBC's football team is getting help from one of the other North American nations.
5: He looks like any other big man on campus who plays for the UBC football team, but upon further review, Diego Alatorre has a unique story. Alatorre is the first Mexican born and raised player to ever suit up for the Thunderbirds. He was recruited while playing for Mexico at the world under 20 championships in the summer of 2016. Alatorre only started playing football when he was 13 years old. Seven years later, he's the Thunderbirds' starting left tackle.
1: It's another level. The players are different. They're stronger, faster. Their technique is, is very good, but, but I'm learning a lot from it, and I think I, that I have improved ever since uh, the day one of training camp to now. you think about the hurdles and the challenges of just coming to a new country, let alone a new language and then a new football language, so it's like he has to learn two new languages, and he's picked up everything this year and started from day one without a hitch.
5: The T-Birds think Alatori can be an all-star. He's got all the physical tools plus dedication and desire, attributes that make him very popular amongst his teammates. He's been uh, such a refreshing character, good person, uh, loves the game.
1: You just see that genuine hunger for, uh, to get better. And then our guys have really welcomed him in, and it's been a fantastic dynamic, and I think it's been a great experience for, for everybody. We're like brothers, you know. Uh, we, we take care of one another. It doesn't matter uh, where you're from or what position you play. Um, people are just so supportive.
5: Of course, the opposition isn't so welcoming, but at 6'2", 275 pounds, Diego can take care of himself.
1: Obviously, they deal with trash talk. Me, but, but I, I do it too. So and I and I try to talk them in, in Spanish, so they, they don't they don't understand. <laughs>
5: Diego and the Thunderbirds play in the Canada West final this Saturday in Calgary. Very delayed global sports.
8: World Cup qualifying, two game series, Greece and Croatia. This is game one. Total goal. Croatia already has one in this game, and now Nikola Kalinic will score a little backheel there to make it uh, two nothing. Now it's two one. Backs and backs of space here. Ivan Perisic, the header. 4 won the final for Croatia, always with the colorful checkerboard uniforms. I love those things. yeah not It's not action green. It's not action it's green. No, can you imagine th- the
3: checkerboard in action green? Ooh,
8: now that's, that would be That's something. not right. Too much.
3: All right. Thanks, Squire. Okay. A Vancouver heritage building gets an extreme makeover thanks to a world-renowned architect. That's up next.
2: But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things you can do this weekend. Kasha. Kasia.
6: For sure, many Christmas shows across the province, including the handpick pop-up Christmas market in Abbotsford. It's a one-of-a-kind show featuring makers and creators of unique gifts. It's going on tomorrow and Saturday at the Quality Hotel and Conference Centre. Now, who's hungry? Eat! The Vancouver Food and Cooking Festival has another lineup of delish events this weekend, mostly happening at the Pinnacle Harbourfront Hotel. Saturday, experience a heavenly demo of pastries or attend the signature evening event Called Eat Harvest. All proceeds go to charity. Now turn back the clock at the Vintage Holiday Fair in Victoria. Shop for unique gifts, be inspired by the roaming 1950s holiday fashion show, and more. It's all happening this Saturday at the Leonardo da Vinci Italian Center. Now for a little nature. Mason bees, they're essential pollinators, and we want them to return in the spring. Sunday, bring the kids and help harvest mason bee cocoons and prepare the bee house for spring. That's at Burnaby Lake Regional Park. Finally, all aboard for the Vancouver Train Expo. It's the biggest model train event in BC with over 60 exhibitors demoing modern and traditional trains. A super hands-on, fun weekend. And if you don't want to miss the train, it's at the PE Forum. For more on these events, go to globalnews.ca slash five things.
0: This program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance.
10: Coming up on ET Canada, new bombshell allegations surface in the ongoing sex scandal rocking Hollywood. Plus, why Garth Brooks is facing some backlash after last night's Country Music Awards and set secrets from the cast of Daddy's Home 2 and Murder on the Orient Express. All of that is coming up at 7, right after the News Hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie.
2: All right, thanks a lot, Cheryl. An 88-year-old building in downtown Vancouver has a new lease on life tonight, instantly becoming one of the city's newest landmarks.
3: It's a development that chalks up a long list of firsts, but as Lynn Collier explains, the entire project was a risky move from the word go.
7: Go for it. The official opening of the exchange in downtown Vancouver showcases an architectural design where the past meets the future. The tower starts at ground level and goes up and over the original stock exchange, reaching a height of 31 stories. It is now the city's tallest green office space. The emissions will be 85% less than a typical commercial building, and solar tubes on the roof will pull in energy even on Vancouver's cloudiest days.
4: This building actually does not only sit beside the heritage building, but also on top And so actually you see these three columns over here, they sort of are the sole structure uh, which carry this part of the tower Uh, and actually they are drilled through the existing building because we kept the existing building in its integrity, it's not just the skin it's the whole building bones and skin which we kept
7: and that is a trademark of this star architect the exchange is not his first heritage conversion he designed the tate modern in london which turned an old power station into the art gallery he was also on the team that designed the bird's nest stadium in beijing
4: we believe it's a very fine piece of architecture the old stock exchange it has allusions to art deco it's it's not the greatest Art Deco building in the world, but it's a fine building. The
7: 1929 Stock Exchange building remains the dominant architectural feature. Many critics questioned Credit Suisse when it announced its plan for the building five years ago, wondering who would fill almost 400,000 square feet of commercial real estate.
1: The word is really out that Vancouver is a place that you need to have a business, build a business, move your business. And I think for Credit Suisse to have the vision to recognize that some years ago and have a nearly fully tenanted building now is a a great, great story for
4: Vancouver. This should present, represent the future, but at the same time not
3: neglect the past.
7: Lynn Collier, Global News. A mm.
3: showstopper
2: down there breaking news
3: yeah we just got a tweet from the abbotsford police department that the celebration of life for constable uh, john davidson will be held november 19th at the abbotsford center at noon so uh, the public is invited it's a big venue so i'm sure there will be a huge turnout yes. we will of course have will have full coverage of the celebration of life for those of you who can't attend
2: absolutely what an